0: This is the Minnesota Beer Cast. I am Drew. That is Schmitty. Happy New Year! Merry Christmas! Whatever holiday. Happy Boxing Day! I hope you had a good Boxing Day. Hope everybody had a good Boxing Day. We are uh, we are back semi semi live, kind of live, live, not live at all. We're living right now. Right, that's true. <laughs> Great job! I'm on vacation. Yeah, you are. I came in for this. You're so. asleep at the wheel. Hey, man! I don't know what you, I don't <laughs> know what you expect out of me. I was asleep 20 minutes ago.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be asleep in 20 minutes. like you have the listeners.
0: <laughs> no, it's good to be back. It's good to have another uh, another show under our belt. Hope everybody had a really ho- wonderful Christmas, a wonderful holiday, and uh, is planning on a uh, safe and fun New Year's festivities.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, if you are out and about uh, New Year's Eve doing it up, and I think a lot of people will be, just because it's on the weekend this year. It's not kind of Sunday. It's Sunday, but most people are going to have Monday off. Yeah. So,
0: if you haven't made New Year's plans, I'm going to do. I'm going throw in a quick plug here. Uh, I'm going to be. Uh, I'm going to be hosting with uh, with my morning co-host John Justice. Uh, we're going to be at Acme Comedy Company, mm-hmm. ringing in the new year at Acme Comedy Company, uh, hosting their 10:30 show. It's. Uh, it's, uh, Brian. Is Brian Miller funnier than Nate Abshire? So you're getting two headliners, Nate Apshire and Brian Miller, on New Year's Eve. We'll be in there uh, doing the 1030 show, ringing in the New Year at Acme. So if you haven't made any plans yet... That is surely going to be a fantastic way to spend New Year's Eve.
2: I don't know who this Abshire character is, but I don't think anybody's funnier than Brian Miller.
0: I but he's pretty funny. Abshire's good, though. Yeah? He's really good. All right. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun show. So if you haven't made any plans yet, uh, call Acme, get your reservations, and uh, I'll see you on New Year's Eve. I might see if I can uh, talk
2: that lovely Mr. Schmidt into going to some comedy. We'll
0: see how it you not won't, You won't regret it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Right on. Well, we've got get, a, a, uh, get an Uber or a Lyft, <laughs> right? I I will be.
2: Well, I was going to say I was going to plug. Uh, you know, Miller uh, is sponsoring a bunch of uh, sober rides around town, uh, New Year's Eve. So there's a uh, there's something good to come out of that story. Be responsible. Yeah. Don't be dumb. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Get f- figure out a ride. Don't drive around on New Year's Eve, even if you're not drinking. Don't drive around. It's right. not worth it. Right. I've gotten pulled over on many a New Year's Eve. Sober, you know as a whistle Mm -hmm. completely like but still just because i'm out and about driving around cops like yeah see if this guy's drunk
2: yep happened to me (laughs) happened to me when you're like uh where you going i said why do you care i'm I'm going someplace why did you pull me over because i'm making sure you ain't drunk because it's new year's eve i'm pulling everybody over yeah well, We've got a fun show, man. We've got uh, some fantastic guests uh, going to join us here. We've got Nathan from Nate Dogs. We've got Ryan from Better Beer Society, and Mark Opdolf from the Child River. We're
0: going to take a look at 2017,
2: the year that was.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're going to do a little retrospective roundtable retrospective on on 2017, and uh, we did this last year. Make some predictions for uh, for 2018. It was weird. We made 2018 predictions last year. I don't know why that was that was not smart of us. <laughs> we should did you go back and see what our
2: predictions were sure we should see if we're if we're at all correct at
0: all so <laughs> we got a year to find out it's a good thing we're not live maybe we'll go check and
2: see what our predictions were let you know if we were correct at all we probably weren't i don't know a damn thing
0: we also sent out some tweets and uh, some facebook posts so we've got some listener response as well for uh, you know what your favorite beer was what your what, what your favorite brewery was in 2017 favorite new brewery we'll read some of those throughout the uh, course of the show as well
2: yeah, absolutely well let do you want to talk about the top beer stories in uh in minnesota get a little get a little perspective uh let's start with with mark what did, what do you think the biggest beer story was in
3: uh in minnesota mark hmm biggest beer story uh breweries just continuing to open i guess i i really thought maybe it was going to slow down a little bit
2: no no and breweries size just
3: size kept size. opening up and people have still continued to uh keep the doors open you for know sure for sure whether or not the beer's the best or whatever or or going through their growing pains the doors are still open and that says a
1: lot did, yeah did we even have any breweries in minnesota that closed in 2017 i don't think so nothing, uh, no, uh, nothing i terribly think there was notable w- there was
3: one i think over on like minnehaha and lake
2: oh that was that 2017 yeah Harriet closed oh that was yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: but i think other than that i think yeah. it was a pretty pretty strong year for, yeah. for businesses staying open and that's that's what it is at the end of the day, they're all businesses and they're all staying open. So I think that's yeah. huge. I think that only says this whole craft beer thing could keep going.
2: Or, or, or does it signify uh, a bubble that there hasn't been any corrections? I don't
3: know. Thus far, I'm leaving that one alone. That's for you. To, <laughs> that's <laughs> for you to talk about, host of the show.
0: I don't know. It's it's. It it's doesn't a good feel sign. like it doesn't feel like a bubble. I mean, it feels like there is a strong base of support for for. Um, Locally brewed, or at least you know, somewhat locally, state brewed craft beer. You yeah, know? I mean, it, because it, you've got you've got a lot of different styles of breweries and tap rooms that are still continuing. You know, they haven't closed yet, so I, so they're yeah. doing good enough. I'd right? say that's the strength
3: of it is that there is a diversity amongst the breweries. You've got Barrel Theory that opened up and they're doing their sour stuff, and mm-hmm. and and you've got uh, some guys doing some Belgian style beers and this, that, and the other. And I think I think that's what's gonna.
0: And it's not even diversity in style, but it's diversity in sort of business model as well. You got some that are totally that that, that are looking to, to distribute, looking to get on the shelves in as many liquor stores as possible. Others that are looking to sort of stay regional or even more, you know, or even just neighborhood, just neighborhood yep. tap
2: rooms. Yeah, yep. you know, I. I I've been saying for a long time I think it's smart to get your product on the shelves and have as many points of purchase as possible, but it's getting crowded and crowded and crowded on on those shelves it sure is and I, and I think that you know maybe I'll walk my statement back a little bit from from previous years where you know if you can be sustainable in your neighborhood. That that might be the most successful business model at this point. The way the market is changing. Yeah, the
3: well, taproom model is a good one. Yeah, and, and it's ones. controllable, yeah. and that beer's going to stay fresh. You know, you can control that and not have beer get old and get stuck on the shelves, and and then the wrong guy tries your beer for the first time, and your your product's just misrepresented. It's not that it's a bad beer; it's that it just sat there for six months. And
2: yep. Nate Beck was uh What do you think was the biggest? news story of, of 2017. You with Mark on, on the growth, or do you think it was something different that uh, that got you more excited about beer?
1: Boy, in 2017, I, boy, I, I would think, too, that it's going to be the fact that we're still continuing to see uh, a large amount of, I think, even sort of closely located breweries opening up together. But I think uh, the bigger thing for me, again, and whether or not it's a bubble or not, is the fact that all of us... You know, all of the ones that have been around, well, since I started my hot dog cart, all of them are still going and are going pretty strong. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think one of the things that's really cool is that to look at the holiday party that's thrown for all of the breweries and brewers in Minnesota, and when that first started four or five years ago, I knew pretty much... 75% 75% of the people in that room on a first-name basis. Mm-hmm. Now I'm lucky if it's maybe 40%. <laughs> right. I mean, that's how big the staffs have grown. And so I think yep. what's really cool about that is we're now creating an economy uh, where people are able to make real real living by actually you know working in the beer industry, and it's not something where they have to work at a, a huge brewery in order to be able to do that. They can actually work for a small tap room or a small brewery and maybe not – you know, have to have two or three other jobs. I think that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, and I mean, one of the ways you make your living is partnering with a lot of these breweries and taprooms and other yep. places. When you when you bring your your hot dogs and sell them like hot do- like hot cakes, hot dogs, selling your hot dogs like hot oh, cakes. They're the best wieners ever. <laughs> well, you, <laughs> Thanks, you came away in 2017 awesome. with a pretty prestigious award, did you not? I,
1: I did. I actually was very fortunate to be able to win two awards this year. Uh, early this year, uh, in the spring, there is a, a website that is the uh, – the main, I guess you could say, premier website for mobile food vending, which would include carts, trucks, mobile trailers. Uh that website puts out uh several best of lists every year, and one of them is best hot dog vendor. And this year I was voted best hot dog vendor in North America.
2: That's pretty sweet.
1: Um and the the, the I thing voted that,
2: as did I. I appreciate it, guys.
1: And the thing that makes me the most proud of that award is the fact that it's voted on not by an editor of some magazine or some you know, group of writers that decided, okay, these are the ones we think are the best. This was voted on by fans who were able to write in and vote and vote and vote over a, a fairly long period, a two-week period, uh, and then end up coming out the winner. Um, and then just recently, the Growler magazine put out their kind of a big deal awards, and I was voted best hot dogs in Minnesota. So Not a big deal.
2: <laughs> no, it's nice when, when you get the the, the interaction from the, the consumers and the people who are actually out there eating the hot dogs. It feels like so many times best of lists and awards are really just a vehicle to sell advertising. And that's, what? that's always kind of a disappointment. Next week, Minnesota Beercast, best of <laughs> twenty seventeen. Hey, don't 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 look what's going on over here. Ryan Tingey, MN Beer, Better Beer Society. What was uh was your biggest beer story of twenty seventeen?
4: I don't know if it's necessarily a straight uh beer related story, but the Surly Brewer's Table closing I thought was a pretty big deal. hmm Um I thought that kind of signified uh kind of well, I guess my thought on that was that um people just weren't ready for it kind of a thing and i think it was kind of unapproachable to a lot of people mhm whereas i think on the west coast something like that would probably or on the east coast would probably take off but i think we're a few years behind that i think you're going to start to see that more and more going into predictions like people associating beer with food instead of as like a blue collar right you know after work beverage
2: well and i think you know, from my perspective i think it's definitely a a big story out of the year um i've got it on my list here of things to talk about i think um, you know the separation of Jorge Guzman and the closing of brewers table I think is a is a big thing i 'm not sure it 's hard to ascertain what the reasons are and the causes behind it um, if it 's a way to, to save money on the brewers side if it just wasn 't getting enough traction on the consumer side, I will say i didn 't see a ton of promotion on the brewers table aspect of the the facility um, and the other thing to think about too is is that brewers i mean the beer has been traditionally a a working man beverage, right? Is it? Is does it deserve a place up in the high flutin' restaurants? And and if it does, does it have to be at the brewery? You know those well, are those are things we're thinking
1: about. And I think the closing of that restaurant, in addition to several other big name restaurants, you know, really, fine, really quote good. unquote fine yes. dining restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, what we're seeing going forward out of twenty seventeen, and this is nationwide and especially here in the Twin Cities, is a trend away from fine dining mm-hmm. to Cafeteria
3: style, uh, Ups, almost or upscale comfort or upscale comf- yeah, sc- comfort
1: food. Exactly, yeah, yeah. almost um, the something fancy that's really approachable. And... You can come in and whatever you were wearing to work. You don't have to dress up. You can if you want to, but the the atmosphere of the restaurants is a far is far more laid back. It's far more casual. Uh, the food, I think, is still being produced and still being put out at a really high level. It's just not at the you know, Manny's level of expense. And
0: and you can get a really good quality, well-made meal for non pollutant fancy restaurant prices. Absolutely. I mean, So why am I going to go, why would I go spend $35 on an entree when I can get something that, to me, is just as good a quality for $16, $17? Yeah. I, I think we've got a couple more points to to
2: talk on on that topic, but we are up on a break. Let's tease uh, the rest of the conversation
0: yeah. after the break. You guys have missed the biggest beer story of 2017. It'll, You've missed it completely. And, that, and, there, and there's a, I think it's, it's kind of interesting uh, to think about why that might be. All right. We'll talk about that when we come back on the Minnesota Beercast. We come on this Luke John B. Welcome back to the Minnesota Beercast. Thank you, Around dear listener, for helping this show grow in 2017, choosing to spend some time with us. We really appreciate it whether you listen live on uh, Twin Cities News Talk or via podcast on uh, iHeartRadio or Whatever your podcast uh, app of choice is, we really appreciate it. It's been a very fun year for the Minnesota Beercast.
2: Yeah, show us how much yeah. you appreciate the, uh, the show and give us a rating or share it with your friends or right. let people
0: know. Or advertise on it. There you go. That'd be cool, too. Could do that. Yeah wouldn't hurt (laughs) we wouldn't complain (laughs) if you uh if you're interested in maybe uh helping uh helping get your message out through this show just hit us up uh you can use the uh, the website minnesotabeercast.com you can find us on facebook or on twitter mn underscore beercast we're talking about what we think are some of the biggest stories of 2017 and uh, i think it's interesting we kind of went around the room and nobody mentioned sunday sales passing that's true and i think it's very interesting how quickly that became just normal. A non-issue. It was such a big deal for so many years and oh my gosh, we can't let this pass. What's going to happen? All the liquor stores are going to close up and terrible things are going to befall the state of Minnesota if uh, if we dare allow people to open up their, their liquor stores and, and sell their wares on a Sunday and then it happens and it passes and what was it? It was like the first weekend in July mm-hmm. when uh, when Sunday sales was... Freedom weekend. Unless you're Certix and then it was a little earlier.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I think that might have been the the biggest story of the year. Not that Sunday sales uh passed because we all knew it would eventually. But that certix jumped the gun and got got spanked. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Got, they got spanked, spanked pretty
3: good. Yeah. Not really. Not as hard as it as it was initially. They, they loosened were, that belt pretty good. Yeah, they, <laughs> that was downright <laughs> ridiculous. That somebody like that in his position can put all those employees at risk. Yeah, potentially yeah. them being out of work for a month. Yep. For a month. Yeah, and, and maybe he would have been. The bigger man about it and paid their salaries if he would have been shut down for thirty days straight, but they I, let him off the hook. And I don't, I, I, don't know. I think he should have been slapped a lot harder. He put those people's jobs at risk.
4: He was delirious that day. Brutal. <laughs> well,
3: and, I you know, was I, in there.
1: Were you there?
2: I, yeah. I, I, uh, in. I really wondered if if that was an intentional move to try to, um, you know, capture the the fans of of Minnesota beer and wine and spirits and say, hey, this is something we we now support, even though comes off as disingenuous as can be or if really he didn't think anything was going to happen like oh it's legal now so we'll just be the first ones to do it
4: he was trying to stick it to people i think i mean i talked to him and he was very he was very adamant that you know he was he was the first to the to the punchline and people were you know he's like basically daring them to open like i interviewed him for a story for mn beer and he was like he was like um, saying you know why don't they open huh like what what's going on why are they afraid you know,
3: <laughs> well, and, and you well, know, what? in fairness, we're talking about it right yeah, now, and, so and, he's winning. Yeah, right exactly. now, he's winning.
2: To his credit, he, he, I mean, he's still open, and you know, he wasn't shut down, and people still have their jobs. And I think the the fine that he was levied with was pretty. Pretty minimal towards the end when he watered it down. Very much right? So. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So maybe, maybe he's smarter than all of us. Yeah, he wins. <laughs> <Big time. laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it'll be nice to see how how 2018 rolls around. I think the first six months have been a, a resounding. Success, um, you know the the opposition uh, has put in a couple of uh, of press pieces that have essentially said, "Well, yeah, sales were good initially, but then things dropped." And i like, "Well, of course, nobody, people, everybody goes to opening day. You know what I mean? It's sure. no different than going to see the Twins. Everybody goes to opening. Yeah, day.
3: nobody's there in August, right? <laughs> right. Unless they're good.
2: <laughs> and you know, it'll it'll be fine. There's going to be stores that we're going to stay open that'll stay open, and stores that we're going to close that are going to close. Yeah, yeah.
4: I think it's funny that some of them are celebrating.
2: Right. You know, well, and and some of the really smart stores um, have done things to get consumers in the mode of shopping on Sundays, right? Where they have seller Sundays, um, mm-hmm. or they have specials on Sundays. Where hey, get in the mindset of we're here on Sunday, come on in and buy your wares and, and enjoy yourself.
0: I did enjoy. I, I enjoyed watching all of the stores that were vocally opposed to it you know all the little promotions that they ran pretending that they were happy pretending that they were excited to finally be open on saturday Mm -hmm. like good luck with that well and i wonder
2: from a legislative perspective if this hurts the the uh the retailers organizations the you know the munis and um, everybody else involved in in the opposition if now that it's legal and the sky didn't fall Um, When they come back to the legislature this year or next year and make demands or make the threats that if this happens, then we're all going to (laughs) die. Now it's Chicken Little has kind of been exposed, right? The sky is not falling. Mm -hmm. So every time they say, oh, it's going to ruin the three tier
0: system. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. It you won't. said that. You said that last time. It didn't happen. <laughs> right? It's not yep. going to happen this time. Yeah. What do you think going forward, though? I mean, now that uh, now that the Sunday sales is finally and and thankfully off the table, mm-hmm. what's the big issue uh, that uh, legislatively that you think will be addressed? And do you think it, do you think twenty eighteen will be an active year legislatively in the world of of Minnesota beer and spirits?
2: I don't think so. I think that there was a, a pretty heavy lift. Last year, um, I think that legislators are going to be reluctant to make any large changes uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if there is one thing to change, I think it's going to be three-two beer. Um, you know, near beer, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, we are seeing indications in other places around the country that three-two was going to either stop being produced or sold, and just doesn't make sense for people anymore to to create three-two beer. So, um, you know we'll see where where that goes. I know personally speaking, I don't really have anything on my legislative agenda um, <laughs> so I'm taking a little respite from. From all the uh, legislative
0: action. Good for you.
1: (laughs) You, You've earned it. Well, you've been at it for a while considering one of the first times that we actually did something together was for Minnesota beer activists at the Nomad Mm -hmm. in regards to Sunday sales in 20, that would have been 2011. Yeah, 2011. Yeah.
2: It uh, It was a long, hard road. Long haul, yeah. And I'm not the kind of guy who needs to have something to fight all the time. I know there are people with that personality, but you know what? I'm going to sit back and relax for a while. There's no need to constantly be trying to push that boulder up a hill. So what else, uh, what else we got to talk about, Drew?
0: Well, we uh, we put the question out on uh, on social media, on Twitter and Facebook. We asked, uh, we asked listeners what their favorite brewery brewery was of 2017, what their favorite new brewery was, what their favorite special release was. So uh, I'm going to pull up some of the responses here. For new brewery, it seemed uh, overwhelming. I mean, like, there were a lot, of, a lot of good ones mentioned, but the one that I saw the most, and you tell me if you, you had the same reaction, was uh, was barrel theory. Yep.
1: Ding, ding, ding. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're Winter. doing some really good stuff over there.
2: Yeah, for folks that aren't familiar with Barrel Theory, uh, over on uh, St. Paul on East 7th, I think it's East 7th at that point, on 7th Street, um, lower town area, uh, right next to a Dark Horse, uh, phenomenal place. Uh, you should definitely go check them out. They're doing uh, some some kettle sour stuff. They're doing some some really interesting and fun things. Uh, not onto distribution yet at all. I think they've got. I think they bring some beer over to Wisconsin a little bit, um, over to Casanova. Yep. Uh, but other than that, things have been pretty, pretty much out of the tap room, doing uh, um, really just tap room beer. So, uh, definitely, if you're if you're in the neighborhood or if you're coming into town, if you're a listener from out of town, out of the cities here, definitely swing through and, and give them a visit. Absolutely. You won't be sorry. What else uh, have we got for?
0: I'm just scrolling through some of the responses here, and yeah, barrel theory kind of ran away with it. Uh, for uh, for favorite brewery, a lot of uh, a lot of mentions of Bent Paddle. They had a really good 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, their uh, canoe came out uh, this year, which I think has been really successful. That's a fantastic beer for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's
4: going year round now. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. the format too, the 12 pack.
0: Yeah. Yep. Absolutely, I agree with that a lot. For me I think uh modest had a really good twenty seventeen mm-hmm. uh they kind of got i think their profile not it, it, the the dilly dilly incident notwithstanding <laughs> even even before that, I think their profile had been had been raised pretty significantly over the course of twenty seventeen and it's just you know they're they're putting out some really interesting stuff it's uh it's it's a little it's not your typical, what you would expect when you see the styles that they're promoting, they're always a little, little different, coming at it from a little different angle, and, uh, and, and they're, they're doing great work.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we talked earlier about how everybody kind of has to have their own niche or their own identity within the market now, and I think they're doing a great job of, of really dialing in who it is they are and who they want to be in the, in the craft beer industry, so uh, they're keeping up good works. I also saw a lot of stuff uh, about Fair State. People really digging Fair State. Um Giants Bane is fantastic. That was that was gonna be really my, oh, I, my I figured goodness. we'd go around the table and see where everybody's head <laughs> was at for best beer of the year, and that was gonna be gonna be my take was Giants Bane. Um I think that is a a phenomenal uh double stout. That's
0: so good. Oh, dude. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really good. It's it's fantastic. It is it's
3: it's a great beer. I uh I had it I mean it's definitely top five of the year for me. For for Minnesota. I had uh Forger's Magnus. Mm-hmm. Multiple reasons. I mean, not only is it a great beer and those guys are just pumping out great beer after great beer, but uh they won Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest last year with it, which also got them uh, a spot at the Denver Rare Beer Tasting in, in October out in Denver. So,
2: Well, and see, this is one of the problems with talking about the the best beers of 2017. Like it used to be, we could be like, oh, yeah, I agree, that beer was great. Or this beer, nah, little, I've never had that beer. Right. So for folks that have, have not had it, to walk us through the the beer mark. Is it a limited release, I'm assuming? It
3: is, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a, an Imperial Stout that... They age in honey bourbon barrels, yeah. so um, it, it's a little bit softer than some of the big, licorice uh kind of boozy Imperial Stouts. It's a little mm. bit softer. got a little bit more touch of sweetness, maybe a little bit of that caramel toffee that you wouldn't expect to get until the beer falls off, you know, until it's been aged a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get it right away. It's just such a well-made beer. I mean, Austin and those guys down there are just – they're the best. I mean, they're making really, really
1: good beer yeah
2: Nathan uh how about you
1: boy it's the the hard part in and this is just a matter of practicality in the way uh you know business changes and whatnot uh, my opportunities to try lots and lots of beers diminish a little bit when you yeah. start to do more private parties and kind of bigger events you just don't get to try as many beers as you used to be able to oh, right there with you um which is a bummer I mean it's uh there's a lot of beer out there, so it's really hard to keep up, but I think. You know, I would say overall I certainly agree Barrel Theory in a, in addition to the fact that the owners are good friends of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm super happy with their beers. I'm 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 very excited as someone who operates a business in and around alcohol all the time. I like going to a place where my favorite beers tend to be low lower alcohol kind of really unique, well-balanced beers. Mm-hmm. And I'm a I'm a huge fan of uh Barrel Theory's MPG. I thought that beer was just outstanding. Um and is it, what is MPG as far as style? It is, uh, it's a Berliner. Okay. Um, and it's, the MPG stands for Mango, Passion Fruit, and Guava. Um, and it's just delicious, and it's 4%. Um, it's just a great beer. It's one of those that I can crush and not, you know, kill my palate. I could be working all day. Uh, those kind of beers are really exciting to me. There you so are.
2: We are halfway through the, uh, the panel's best beers of 2017. We'll take a quick break. We're going to come back after this to the Minnesota Beer Cast on 103.5 FM at AM 1130.
0: Welcome back to the Minnesota Aircast Twin Cities News Talk Game. Eleven thirty. You can find it on the iHeartRadio Radio app. Really is the best way to listen to the show. You'll get notifications immediately when new episodes are added. We got our own channel on there. It's really cool. Uh, download the iHeartRadio Radio app uh, if you haven't already, and throw us a follow. Yeah, do that. Yeah. Hey, I was thinking we get like five cents a follow. You didn't know that, did you? I never told you that. Wow, that's embarrassing. I'm waiting for my nickel.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, we've got that channel, uh, and we had Megan from Dogfish Head on last week talking about Record Store Day. Is there a way we could do like a... Drew's top ten albums and yes. Schmidt's top ten albums. I think so. Yeah. Throw them on
0: there. I believe so. I that'd be fun. Off to poke around, but yeah, I, yeah, I think I think that's a possibility. Right, we'll get that ready for Record Store Day or something. All right, that'd be a lot of fun. When is Record Store Day? I don't know. All it's right. April. <laughs> April. We got yeah. time. Yeah. All right. No hurry. We'll start planning in late March. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we're great at prepping.
0: So we've been talking about some of our some of our uh, highlights, some of our favorite things, and our uh, some of our big stories of 2017, just doing a, a little bit of a retrospective and uh, talking about some of our favorite beers. We did throw out the question of a favorite special release. I'll read a few listener responses. Oh, I remember what I wanted to do. We, uh, we, we were talking about breweries, new breweries, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we got to throw some love to yeah
3: yeah that's mine i mean that was not my number one yeah coming to the table and and i know some people are going to say well it's 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 not a new brewery well no it's not a new brand but it's a brand new brewery this summer and and it's a great facility uh really well done all the craftsmanship on the bar and the tables and everything beautiful feather ball feather bowling um yeah the having the kitchen there is really cool how they're going to rotate it through with the different restaurants um i had them on my podcast it's coming out today and and we had a blast talking about feather bowling. If if people haven't got over there and and just thrown the wooden log or the the wooden uh, cheese roll, roll whatever, it's a cheese wheel, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. A yeah. Wheel. If you haven't thrown it around, uh, get over there and do it for sure. It's sweet.
2: I, I have I have yet to uh, to do the feather
3: bowling.
0: Is it is it difficult? No, no. All right, mm-hmm. let's do it. I haven't right. done it either. All right, yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll challenge you guys.
3: I think Juno and I would come and like challenge you guys. All we right. could like make it out of it some com- some kind of silly bet i bet <laughs> i'm not shaving my beard i'm not <laughs> shaving
0: my head again. <laughs> now, fine you, i'll
2: shave my head you bring up the uh, the fact that prize has the the guest kitchen there and and we talked a little bit earlier about surly and in, in the closing of um, the brewer's table and it reincarnating as like a pizza place right uh, do you think we're going to continue to see more and more food integrated with with breweries and, and
3: brew pubs, of course. Naturally. I mean, I think Absolutely. Just, it's just natural progression. I think so, for sure. It's, yeah. it's, the, it's the industry only further evolving, Yep. right? Fulton put that food it truck out, to too. It has to be. Yeah.
2: Do, do you think Fulton made any enemies by having a, a food truck in-house? I mean, I think you, you almost have to, right? If, if you're going to be competing directly with the restaurants, are going to have your beer on tap. Unfortunately,
1: I, I'm sure they did. They probably made some enemies with food trucks that used to go there regularly. They probably did with restaurants that are close um, or, like you said, even restaurants that carry their beer. Um, but I think it's like an, it's a natural progression for breweries to do that, um, you know, because then they've got something that's always consistently open. They don't yeah. have to worry about whether or not a truck or a vendor oh, is going to show up or not show up. Absolutely. Um,
3: well and I don't and as a consumer, I don't want to be like, Hey, I'm thinking about going to Fulton, I'm gonna look ahead and see who the food truck is. Oh, I don't like it, I guess I'm gonna go over here to somewhere else. That's or, valid. or or just go to my default of town hall, you know? Yep.
2: Well it's a two sided coin though. You might really like the, the food truck that's there or you might really not care for the food truck that's right, there. Right. And that's if somebody shows up. I'm I've been astounded talking to people that own breweries when they when they have food trucks booked to come to their tap room, that people the food trucks don't show up.
0: Do you think, uh, you know, if we're, we're going to prognosticate no about 2018? Uh, do you think the food truck uh, phenomenon has peaked? Isn't it dead already? Or, <laughs> I mean, that's just my personal <laughs> that's opinion. That's Mark's answer. That's my answer. <laughs> that's Mark. It's it feels name. like to me, and, and I'm just going purely on feeling on what I what I see, what I what I what I interact with out there. It feels like that the food truck thing is on its it's it's, it's not as
2: big as it was a Minnesota. couple years ago, and Nate's got some real inside perspective sure. on on this. Let's
1: no, I hear. think you're probably right, Drew. Um in fact, and I I've, I've seen it coming our I I've been seeing this kind of on the horizon for maybe even, you know, year and a half, 2 years. Mm-hmm. There are like breweries, there are so many food trucks that are now coming into the game. Um, you know, kind of a second and third tier kind of waves of new businesses opening and there are just only so many places that you can go in a what a seven month eight month season yeah. tops yeah to actually make a living and there are you know there are trucks that show up at breweries that i've never even seen or ever even heard of yeah um and part of the reason why my business model changed so much away from serving so regularly at tap rooms is for that exact same reason because i just couldn't keep my business going if I just relied on people coming to, you know, have my food at a tap room, because whether people like my hot dogs or not, if you're not in the mood for a hot dog the day that I'm serving at Fulton or at Steel Toe or wherever it would be, you're not going to buy my food. And so um, I, I think it's been happening for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: how do you think it's going to shake out? Are we going to see fewer food trucks? Are we going to see just like major chains who people who have existing restaurants and can afford to have the kitchen space? How do you think it's all going to shake out?
1: It's going to have to get it's going to have to be different. It's kind of like looking at the trend with um, breweries. I think the trend is looking towards uh, smaller tap rooms rather than larger production breweries. And I think what's going to happen with uh, food trucks or mobile vendors in general, they're going to have to get more creative in how they do. Their business—it's—it can't just rely on, you know, serving downtown on the same two blocks every day of the week and then rounding out their weekend with tap rooms. That's just going to yeah. get really old. They're not going to be able to stay well, by of, doing that.
3: One or the other, right? Like, I think your model is great. It's a consistent product. It's the same product every time. Yep. Um, you, you offer consistency, and so that's why when people see that, they know that familiarity, and they know, hey, for five bucks, I'm getting, I'm getting a hot dog, and and, and I'm going to grab a bag of chips, and and yep. here we go, game on. I think that's where maybe people have fallen out of love of it. There's so many food trucks that people are kind of getting sick of paying twelve to fourteen bucks for oh, something that doesn't deserve to be twelve to fourteen bucks. <laughs> oh, you have a consistent... Don't get Schmitty yep. started. No, I know. <laughs> and, but, but that's what I'm saying though, is is Nate's yeah. offering a, a consistent uh consistent product, entry level pricing, and and that familiarity I think is the key to his success.
1: Well, well and my brand has always been centered around Sure, I serve a great hot dog, and I try to serve the best possible hot dog that you'll ever have. Um, And it is. I I try to make, thank you, Mark, I try to make really good mustards um, and keep it very, very simple so that it's a speedy process and it's a really delicious process. But my brand has always been far more about the relationship I have with my customers and the experience that they have when they come up to my cart far and above over the food. And I think if you're looking at any business, especially in food trucks, and you're thinking, all right, hey, we make the best... A, B, or C, sandwich, we make the best slider, we make the best mac and cheese, whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. if you don't have the, you know, 50 to 60% of that equation is what else do you offer? Like, what makes people go, I can't stop myself from eating that? It's
4: the bow tie, the charisma.
1: All of that has to add to that. And I think if you don't have that, they're going to drop off really quickly. And I think that they're going to drop off faster than breweries are going to drop off. Yeah.
0: I would agree with that.
2: No, that's, that's a great point. You know, One of the things that I do want to talk about Bob, before we move on from the food truck scene is, Nate, you probably don't talk about this or brag about this very much, but you sell a whole lot of hot dogs, but you also give a whole lot of hot dogs.
1: Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, it's It was always important when we started this business that if we couldn't give back as much as possible, one, to teach my children that it's more important to... Do things for others than it is to grow whatever type of business or venture that you're looking to do. I'm first trying to teach my kids about being more selfless than being more selfish. And we decided okay, how can we take a business and, you know, to piggyback on the Tom shoes and the, you know, the Warby Parker where every, you know, everything purchased gives one back to somebody who needs it. Um, we decided we mostly partner with Feed My Starving Children, and for every hot dog that we sell, we try to give one meal at a value of 22 cents to mm-hmm. that charity. Then that directly goes to feed um, you know, those who don't have meals and to eat. And I think it's just one of those things that whether people know it or not, it's something that I know that even with every dollar that I make, I'm still able to give food and give uh, assistance to people who don't have well, enough and I,
2: and I know it, and, and I'm proud of you for doing it. I wanted other folks to know about it. Oh, so thanks, I wanted you to address it. And I challenge the other food trucks in town and other restaurants as well to step up and-, and Well, just anybody and in general, stuff. yeah. Yep, absolutely. It's important to be part of your community. It's important to give back.
0: All right, we got one more segment here for our final show of 2017 coming up. We have a fantastic roundtable conversation, and we'll get into some prognosticating for 2018 coming up next right here on the Minnesota Beer Cast. Welcome back to the Minnesota Beercast. Final <coughs> show, final segment for 2017. God only knows what I'd do without you, Schmitty. I swear. I don't know what I'd do without you in my life.
2: We should, we should say that in harmony.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome
2: back to the Minnesota Beer Cast. We have got all kinds of fun. We're going to wrap up here in this last segment. Before we do that, let's give a plug out for Chop Liver and the Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest. Yeah. We do have a, a giveaway contest going with them. Uh, of course, Mark and Juno do a fantastic job with, uh, with all their beer fests. Uh, you guys have one coming up in Mankato, right, Mark?
3: Yeah, yeah, a couple weeks. Uh, the 13th of january i know that uh, the early admission tickets are sold out there's only like 30 vip tickets and and just a uh, hundred or two hundred uh General admission, so it should sell out here in the next few days, and it'll be great. It. Get on it, we'll uh, Nate down we will be down there. there. We'll, we'll be doing a show from
2: there. It's going to be fantastic, uh, and of course, tag us and tag uh, Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest on Twitter to enter your chance for uh, some tickets, some awesome tickets.
3: Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll start here at the end of January slash early February. We're gonna start releasing the beer list every day. So for people who haven't got their tickets because they're maybe sitting on the festival. fence, I already know a few of them, and just get your tickets now. But if you if you really need to wait, the beer list will be out in february and, sweet
2: and as long as we're talking about uh new stuff fun stuff uh ryan you've got some things happening over at uh, bbs
4: yeah so we're uh bringing uh better beer society university so bbsu to uh republic it's gonna be bbsu showcase it's gonna be a little bit different than it was in the past but it's gonna be very fun um so 95 it's 95 dollars for the semester you get 12 weeks it's february 21st through may 9th i'll be wednesday nights um and you know if you want to do individual we have that option too where it's ten dollars a session and you get a free pint of beer so it's essentially you know a six dollar pint of beer it's a couple bucks for programming Mm -hmm. um it's a lot of fun bring your friends i mean it's going to be public's a great place to hang out anyways but if you're just there and you're on wednesday night and you're kind of bored just come in ten bucks it's awesome
2: and you were telling us it's all going to be focused on minnesota breweries it's
4: going to be a lot of different yeah minnesota breweries um it's going to be Um, they're going to come in, they'll bring samples. So not only are you getting a free pint, but you'll get samples of beer from different breweries. So it's really, uh, there's no excuse not to go if you're there anyways. I mean, it's going to be awesome. There
2: you go. Drew, you want to do some prognostication for 2018? No. Why not? Because
0: I'm terrible at it. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be, uh, you know, I, I, we talked about it at the beginning of the show, and and the fact that the uh, the, the craft beer scene uh, on on a lot of different levels, from from the big ones to your local tap rooms, all still appear to be relatively healthy. I think uh, I expect that trend to continue. I think the, you know the, the 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 rate with which new breweries will open has to has to slow down. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any way that they can continue at the rate that it's been going the last couple of years, but I don't know that we're going to see any, you know, any major like significant closings. I, I would I I would wouldn't be surprised if we had some acquisitions.
2: Right. Well, that was a trend we saw in 2017 for sure. I mean, we saw Lagunitas acquired by Heineken. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Anchor bought by Sapporo. Uh, I mean, we saw a lot of a lot of. What they call consolidation within the, uh, the yeah. industry, right? Yeah. And I'd, all right. So, flip a coin. What do you guys think? You think we'll see a a Minnesota brewery acquired by a larger entity in twenty eighteen?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yep. All
2: Who
3: right. about Northfield? By like the way. it's
0: impossible not
3: to. No, let's not go there today. <laughs> That's. It's a whole nother segment. Oh, yeah.
0: All right, <laughs> there
3: you have it—a
0: teaser for a
3: later show.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't know if that was uh, if that's public knowledge or not yet. That
3: uh, I don't like think it that. is either, I, but I know what it is. <laughs> Sorry,
1: I do. I do too.
3: You know what my 2018 prediction is? What's that? <laughs> tacos. I'm just gonna eat a lot of tacos. Yeah, yeah. Let's, that'd, there, be, that'd be something lot. Of we all push my, for
1: my my prediction for 2018 is you're gonna see, you know what you might even. Uh, quantify as like micro tap rooms, you know, or like nano breweries. I think you're going to see a lot more smaller and smaller tap rooms opening up.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that there's only so much funding for these these breweries and the ones that continue to open. I mean, there's only so much investment money to go right. around.
3: Well, there's only, only so much shelf space too. Right. So, are you going to invest in a canning line or a bottling line and, and then go hire an employee and, and hire distribution, you know, sign distribution and go fight that battle to get a couple shelf spots when you can grow incrementally and start really small as a tap room? And, yep. and you know, if, if a couple years down the road you're so popular that Demand says go build a second site and do a production facility, then great, do it. But, yep. the,
0: the the avenues by which to gain that level of popularity, it's it's so much more accelerated now yep. uh, than it has been in years past. If you open up a really small little tap room and your beer is fantastic, you can be pretty well, well assured – that oh the, the craft beer community is going to start talking about it. They're going to start tweeting about it. They're going to start posting about it, and word will spread pretty quickly if you're putting out a really fantastic product. And you guys will have them on your show, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> maybe I know. I know,
2: I know we uh, we had some tweets going back and forth uh, this afternoon with some breweries talking about having them on the show soon. So thanks for uh, thanks for tweeting at us. Thanks for being part of our. 2017 thanks for telling us who your best breweries were what your favorite beers were um you know i think that there's uh still a lot of room for growth and uh there's going to be a lot of competition between all the breweries and uh it's it's only going to get better from here one of the things i did want to talk about that's going to be a really cool end of 2017 is uh grain belt is going to light up the famous grain belt sign or hennepin avenue what do you guys
1: think about that how cool is that i'm excited i think that's gonna be cool What's the, what's the date that they're launching the or they're gonna light it? I believe it's the thirtieth, I want to say Saturday. They're having the party. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's coming up tomorrow. <laughs> yep. Or Saturday? Saturday? Yeah. yeah. It'll
3: be
2: tomorrow. yeah. So we'll we'll throw a, a link in the show notes, of course, at the Minnesota Beercast. It's pretty cool. Yeah.
3: That's that's neat. That's it was awesome. a massive project. I think that's the thing that needs to be not overlooked. Is, is it's not just the lighting of the sign, it's it's how much work and money and effort and time went into the project of geek- Acquiring the ability to do what they did yeah,
2: no, it's pretty neat a lot of restoration a lot of hard work a lot of love went into that project So I think that's uh that's very cool.
0: Yeah, yeah Well, it's been a really fun year now to say thanks to all the breweries and tap rooms and everybody that Invited us out over the course of the year and all the listeners of course and uh, friends of the show mark Ryan Nate everybody else That's been a part of the show uh, helped to grow over the course of the year It's been it's been a blast and I uh, look forward to uh, to an even better 2018 Cheers and our first Cheers, ad- guys. get our first Cheers. advertiser. Yeah.
3: <laughs> In some of my songs I have casually mentioned the fact that I like to drink beer.